You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic on Bloomberg Radio. You might recall last year when several luxury watchmakers cut back on production, brands including Hermes, Rolex, uh, and others, temporarily halting production last year amid the pandemic. It was basically helping to ease the supply glut as consumers stopped buying amid the health crisis. Makes sense. Well, one voice that we've turned to for updates on the luxury watch market is Brian Duffy. He's CEO of Watches of Switzerland Group. The company, by the way, reporting earnings earlier today. Operating profit did meet analyst estimates. Company also laying out a five-year plan to accelerate strategy. And we're going to talk about that and the ADRs of that company that trade in the U.S. They're up more than 40% so far here in 2021. Brian joining us from London. Brian, nice to have you back. How are you? I'm very good, Carol. Thank you. And how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Feeling like things are getting a little bit back to normal. Actually, a lot back to normal. How does it feel for you? Uh, the same, you know. There's um, you know big announcements being made in the UK. We've got what we're calling Freedom Day coming up on the July 19th, when all of the you know imposed restrictions in life pretty much are removed. So, we are the light's not at the end of the tunnel. It's uh, it's pretty close, and um, there's a lot of feel good uh, overall in the country. So we think the end is is near of what's been this horrendous period. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I do wonder, what are you seeing in terms of consumers specifically? And how does it compare? I mean, we talked with you in last October, which was a tricky time to say the least. Um, how how have things improved? What are you seeing in terms of, of trends? We are seeing um, very strong trends, actually. Um, and uh, the UK, we had, you know, we reported, as you said earlier, mm-hmm. we reported our our year um, in the UK, we were up 3.6% last year, despite our stores being closed for 26 weeks of the year, which is kind of amazing. amazing. Uh, our stores reopened again in April, April 12th, and since then, business has been very, very buoyant. Um, there's obviously accumulated uh, disposable income, and our category, I think, is a very attractive option for, for people wanting some retail therapy and they feel good. Uh, the U.S. has been extraordinary. Um, uh, in last year, our year, year sales in dollars were up 38.5% wow. in the U.S. Um, yeah. Despite, um, you know, traffic being down, you know, you know, in Manhattan, it's great to hear it's getting back to normal, but it's been really quiet now mm-hmm. for the last, uh, you know, 15, 18 months. Um, but we've done well in New York. Uh, we've done well in Vegas, where, again, no conventions and, you know, very little tourism. And our teams have just done a tremendous job of reaching out to clients. Um, we obviously have products that, uh, that clients want, so we're able to reach out to clients and still manage to transact. Uh, businesses down in Florida and Georgia were less affected by traffic reductions, traffic down, I don't know, 20, 25%, mm-hmm. but more like business as usual, and they've done well too. So they're clearly very, very strong consumer demand in the U.S. There seems to be a real resurgence of uh, luxury, actually. Do you expect it to um, continue or get, you know, improve even more as, you know, economies continue to open? We we are very um, bullish and optimistic. We think it will continue. There's obviously a lot of, um, you know, money in the system of stimulus mm-hmm. out there. There's accumulated savings. And uh, there clearly is a feeling in everybody's part that they want to feel good again and enjoy themselves. So, we, so we think it's going to be a great holiday season. For example, we were all deprived completely of a holiday season last year, and you know, time with families and having fun and enjoying. 
yourselves. So we do think that, that we are going to see a sustained period of significant growth. Um, and that's what we're experiencing so far. In terms of, you know, it was interesting what you said of you had, you know, you did well in Vegas. You talked about your teams reaching out to clients specifically. How much of what you saw during the pandemic in terms of sales were existing clients, people who knew you, knew what they were getting? So if people were reaching out virtually, they were confident, you know, uh, a consumer, a shopper, because they knew you guys and knew your brand versus getting new clientele in during the pandemic. How tough was that? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very good point that um, we disproportionately, particularly in the U.S., disproportionately sold to existing clients. Um, and again, when, when we have clients that are on waiting lists for products, and mm-hmm. we have a lot of products that are on waiting lists, we get the product, we call the client. It's all quite uh, straightforward. But the other really encouraging thing is we get a great deal of referrals with a great deal of people calling and saying, you know, I've got a buddy or somebody calling saying I've been referred to you guys. I know you can help. So we're delighted to get that sort of business too. We also have been very, very active. We actually increased our spend on marketing, increased our activity in marketing. Uh, we bought into stock. We generally took a very positive approach to the, uh, the market overall, which has really seen us, uh, seen us through. So we've been very present on uh, on digital, on online, and other forms of uh, marketing. And so we've, we, we have had new clients. We've had a lot of people contacting us for the first time, but... Your point is correct. We were selling proportionally more to existing clients. We're talking with Brian Duffy, CEO of Watches of Switzerland Group. Brian, we have about 40 seconds, and then we're going to take a break and come back and talk some more. The digital, though, approach, how much of what you did reaching out to clients digitally do you think stays with us on the other side of the pandemic? Is this now a normal way of doing business? I mean, for sure. There's a lot that we've learned during this period that we it's going to be a part of how we approach the market going forward. Uh, luxury, concierge, online support, appointment uh, making for clients, and just a digital presence, our online business. All of that's been accelerated and all that will be a big part of our, of our future. Hey, I want to give it right back to our guest. Brian Duffy still with us, CEO of Watches of Switzerland Group. I mentioned they reported earnings earlier today. Company also laying out a five-year plan to accelerate strategy in the EU. I want to get into the details of that. And the ADR is really on a tear here in the United States, up more than 40% so far in 2021. Brian's still with us on the phone from London. So, Brian, tell us about this five-year plan, uh, the strategizing that went into it, and what will be the approach? You know, why we've done the five-year plan, Carol, is that our investor community were just more and more interested in understanding the potential of our growth. You know, we came to the U.S. in 2018. We're market leader in the U.K., I think, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our first international step was, was into the U.S. 2017-2018. It's really been a great success. So proud of what we've done. Um, got a great consumer reaction, great support from our brands, and, and we're ahead of any sort of expectation we had of ourselves in the U.S. Our investments have worked for new stores in Manhattan. I'm sure you've seen in Hudson Yards and down mm-hmm. in Seoul, big successes, uh, how we've integrated the business in there. So really, really delighted about the, the U.S. success. And um, so first of all, our, our, our five-year plans are that we will continue to grow in the UK. Uh, we have some exciting new developments coming. We have great new marketing that we're doing. We're going to step up in customer service. So a lot of good things that will grow our business in the UK. We think we're going to get disproportionate growth in the US. We've actually said 25 to 30% per annum. 
Mm. And um, uh, we're confident of it. It's got to be done. It's got to be executed. But the potential is there to do it. Mixture of new projects and investing in our store network, e-com and uh, and acquisition. And we put all that together and we think we could do that kind of growth. Well, and, um, oh, go ahead, yeah. please. No, 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 please finish. So the, the third geography is, uh, is the EU. Um, and we see similar characteristics in the EU as, 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 as in the US. And that is um, the, the market's pretty fragmented. A lot of small retailers. And, and today it's really important to have scale, to have resources, to be active and digital and so on. And, um, and that's helping us grow in the US. And we see the same conditions existing in Europe. And therefore, we we have we've analysed the European market. We've spotted where we think are opportunities, and so we have built into our plan for the first time our, um, uh, our plan to uh, enter the, the EU market. And we think by the end of five years, maybe around five to eight percent of our sales could uh, could be in the EU. So part of your strategy in the U.S. is you did pick up some retailers, right? And is that the same yep. kind of strategy that you will deploy when it comes to the EU? Yes, I mean, definitely it's the best way to enter mm-hmm. um, a market here. You get expertise, you get client lists, you get great people, great salespeople, as we did in Mayors and Wynn. You know, we acquired the rights to mm-hmm. retail in the Wynn Resorts in Las Vegas. So, yes, it's, it's the right way to do it. Um, we don't know everything about these markets. We get things to learn. So if, if you're buying a business, you're buying that expertise and that understanding of the, of the market for sure. Brian, one thing that I wonder too, though, there is a lot of money out there chasing a lot of targets, you know, whether it's SPAC money, whether it's private equity money, you know, we talked about it pre-pandemic. It's a story and narrative that's considered, I mean, that's continued certainly during the pandemic. Are you concerned about having to pay up or are you finding actually maybe some distressed assets uh, that will make the M&A movement maybe not too expensive? Uh, we, we're not, uh, we wouldn't be looking at distress, to, to, to be honest, but we're looking at good businesses, good coin concerns. And it, like I said, there's a lot of smaller businesses in the U.S. that tend to be family-owned, and there's a lot of situations where there might not be succession and so on. Great businesses, great people, but they may not have the, the succession. Uh, we look, by the way, to retain management and teams wherever we go and mm-hmm. make sure that what we are doing is additive. We're bringing systems, we're bringing marketing, we're bringing digital, we're bringing scale. Um, so, but we're not look, by no means looking at uh, distressed situations. We have we, we look to be fair and considerate in, in the prices that uh, uh, that we're doing, and, and you know, so far so good. And we've uh, you know quite a quite a few discussions get on in the U.S. market at, at advanced stages. Hey, Brian, you know, getting into you, into this segment, I talked about a lot of luxury watchmakers cutting back on their production uh, last year because of oversupply. And obviously, during the pandemic, I think initially, you know, everything, of course, just shut down. I saw in a statement where you said the luxury watch market remains predominantly supply driven with demand exceeding product availability for key brands and models um so supply demand has worked its way out or is there in some cases still an oversupply uh, honestly i don't think there really ever was an oversupply mm. um I, I think for many many years if you look at the market as a whole uh, demand has exceeded supply is different by brand but overall demand exceeded uh, supply 
Um, and, you know, our, our biggest partnership, uh, for example, is with Rolex. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we have with Rolex is an increasing number of their products are, are now going on waiting list. Um, and, you know, almost, you know, the majority range now is on, on waiting list. And same again with Patek Philippe, with Marpillier. With some of the other brands, we're waiting lists, you know, with Omega, there's, there's Snoopy Watch, um, it's celebrated a whole association with uh, NASA, for example, is on waiting list, uh, Breitling's Endurance Pro, uh, Tudor, which is part of the Rolex group, a uh, great yeah. brand, but every new product they bring out is on waiting list. So, honestly, demand significantly exceeds uh, supply when you look at the market overall, and that, that differential is growing uh, at the moment rather than reducing. Got just about 20 seconds left here, 25 seconds. What's been a top seller lately? Um, top seller, I mean, obviously everything Rolex sells, mm. uh, Daytona, some Mariners, uh, GMT, huge demand uh, overall, uh, Apotex, Nautilus, uh, Audemars, Royal Oak. Um, but you know, other, other good successes around. Breitling's been a, a really you know good success with great new products. Santos from Cartier has been a big success. So too many to mention. It's a really super category. <laughs> I was going to say quite quite a variety there. Um, Brian, thank you so much. Really appreciate uh, checking in with you again. Uh, take care of yourself, Brian Duffy. He's CEO of Watches of Switzerland Group, joining us on the phone from London.